John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta offered some potential hints about Lamar Jackson's future with the Baltimore Ravens. We talk about everything Harbaugh and DaCosta had to say to the media at their combine press conferences, get into the NFLPA survey and team report cards and what the players had to say about the organization and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We are here. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for being here with us today on this Thursday, tuning in, making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcasts, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And we are back. It is a Thursday, the second day of March. And yesterday, a lot of big news and a lot of big comments from both John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta as they spoke to the media and we have a lot to talk about, of course, regarding Lamar Jackson. They were asked plenty about that, much like I predicted on yesterday's show. So score one for me there. But also about other things, such as the cornerback class, such as Marcus Peters and getting draft capital and Todd Munkin. So there's a lot we'll dive into both. We'll talk about Eric DaCosta and what he had to say in the first segment, then move into John Harbaugh, what he had to say in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we'll be shifting away from that and talking a bit about the NFLPA player survey that was pretty much team report cards and this was done by the NFLPA and it was player opinion so they were asked a bunch about the organizations and for the Ravens there were some interesting tidbits both good and bad for the Ravens in the survey and what the players had to say about the organization so a ton to dive into here today on Locked on Ravens if you're here with us in video form thank you so much for tuning in and seeing my face and my background and everything be sure to like the video here subscribe as well to the channel. We're, we're looking for 4,000. Our next goal is 4,000 here on Locked On Ravens. And then in audio form, thank you so much to all the audio listeners as well. It's the same show, both audio and video. So if one day you want to do audio, then another day you want to do video, you can do that 100%. We're available again anywhere in audio form you get your podcast. So be sure to follow along anywhere you get your shows. And thank you again for all the support here. But let's first talk now, Eric DaCosta comments and what he had to say, obviously, about Lamar Jackson and just the team in general well obviously for DaCosta he said that he and Lamar Jackson recently did meet and said that he's optimistic in that he'll see where things end up going and said that it's an ongoing discussion he said they both understand the urgency of the situation he said it's been a good dialogue a good discussion and he continues of course to be optimistic and then he got into a bit of the challenges of contract negotiations without an agent and said that he's well I'll read the quote he said quote you have a lot of regard for the player first and foremost I think when you deal with an agent sometimes you're able to speak very freely and position yourself a certain way you have different arguments that you can use that maybe you wouldn't say to a player so I think that's part of it there's a lot of respect tremendous respect because I'm with a player like Lamar Jackson like Roquan Smith who also represented himself every day you see the commitment you understand where they're coming from so it's definitely a different dynamic it can be challenging but it's doable as we've proven and we continue to be optimistic about it so this answer from DaCosta actually was was very in-depth and very detailed and very honest. I think this was a very honest answer because I think, and a lot of people, like we've talked about this exact thing and it's not necessarily like new news, 
But the fact that the Costa came out and, and said this, I think was a very honest thing for him to do because he's right. And obviously he's right. Cause he's doing it. But the fact of the matter is for a player, you're pretty much sitting there for players negotiating for themselves. So there's no agent you're, you're sitting there and you're telling this player, yeah, we really like you. You know, we want you to be a part of our organization, but here's why in for Lamar Jackson in particular, here's why we don't think you're worth a fully guaranteed contract. Or here's why we're not willing to give you a fully guaranteed contract with an agent. The agent can, you know, say to the player or the, the team composition of the agent as the Costa said. So there is definitely a different dynamic when it comes to, actually negotiating with an agent versus not an agent. But then DaCosta also said that he wasn't going to discuss any specifics about the contract. And that actually, he said, was an agreement made with Jackson two years ago when the whole process started. So I don't think that was put out there. I think that was actually a piece of new information where I think now we're seeing part of the reason why stuff is so tight-lipped. We're not hearing anything from the Ravens, not hearing anything from Lamar Jackson. Apparently it was because of this agreement that Lamar and the Ravens made a couple of years ago. So that was very interesting. But then DaCosta ended up also talking about the different the different plans, different avenues that the Ravens could have both with or without Lamar and ended up saying that they have four, five, or six different plans depending on what happens with Jackson, but did reiterate the fact that they want Lamar in Baltimore. So it, that's kind of what I hypothesized on yesterday's show and honestly shows throughout the course of the week here where, yeah, look, they definitely have plan A, plan B, plan C, however many plans they have, but they can't fully move forward with that until, you know, something does happen. Because if you look at free agency, you look at the draft, those are ever changing things where it does depend. And so hopefully we get something before the start of free agency here, whether that is exclusive versus non-exclusive. I know those are conversations that have been going uh, going on a lot over the course of these last couple of weeks, couple of months, obviously. And I think it's looking more and more likely that the Ravens will probably put some sort of franchise tag on Jackson just to, just to have something. And they say they're always preparing for the contingency, you know, to cost say and look at every situation for agency in the draft or whatnot. And then it was actually asked about the franchise tagging situation with the more specifically and talked about how there were a couple of different situations where that can go. And obviously the different franchise tags exclusive versus non-exclusive, but did say they're hopeful they'll get a deal done with Jackson before that happens. And they haven't actually made a decision on a franchise tag, which one of those they would use in that. And actually did say that, you know, obviously there's no doubt that Lamar deserves a higher echelon or to be in the higher echelon of NFL quarterback salaries. And pretty much also some of the stuff that I wanted to got kind of figure out was with the Ravens, if they were going to scout some of these quarterbacks and DeCasa was asked specifically about that and said that he's going to look at all the top players kind of got into his process of how he's a scout and he doesn't shortchange scouting and going to, he's going to look at the top 150 players in every single draft class with the top guys in free agency and so you have to evaluate those types of players, but also did, he was asked about wanting Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and said, you can't win in this league without a strong quarterback. That's been proven. So we want Lamar here. We think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, certainly one of our best players. And we want him back. So we understand that living in a world without a quarterback is a bad world to live in. And I think there are a lot of GMs and coaches who will probably say that and who are living in that world right now. We are aware that I think we've been blessed since 2008 to have Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. And my goal is to continue that. That was his full quote on the situation. I agree with him. Going back to quarterback mediocrity, I do not think is the smart move for the Ravens. I think with these, you know, bridge guys or, you know, hitting on a rookie, the, the Ravens hit on Lamar Jackson, but there's no guarantee they'd hit again on another quarterback prospect there, of course, is the possibility 
but just rolling through that whole situation, it, it is much harder than it looks to just hit on a quarterback. And because there's, there's no Lamar Jackson, there's no other Lamar Jackson, there's no other Patrick Mahomes. All these guys are one in one for the most part. So it's kind of interesting to, to have that situation. Moving away a bit from the Lamar talk from what DaCosta had to say, definitely feels like one of my big takeaways from his press conference was that the Ravens are probably going to end the 2023 draft with more than five picks. It just feels that way. DaCosta was asked about the whole philosophy of, of having draft picks and investing in more draft picks and said that you have to have a lot of draft picks every year, said that you have to draft a lot of players because guys do get hurt and having more picks proves over a long time to actually be a good thing and actually compared it to investing in the stock market. I think DaCosta's missing that second rounder. I think he's really missing that. Not not like that he regrets trading it for Roquan Smith. I think they're very happy with that deal. But I think he just, he just wants a second rounder. He wants more picks. I'd be shocked. I'd be floored if the Ravens ended the draft with five picks. I just think that they're are too many needs and it's not like they have a laundry list of stuff they have to do, but there are multiple positions where they need multiple players. I think you fill that through free agency and through the draft. And I think one of those is wide receiver and Nikasa said that they're going to keep swinging at the wide receiver position. And hopefully at one of these points, we'll hit the ball out of the park. And as she said, he sees five or six first round wide receivers. So that was an interesting part of DaCosta's press conference and also talked a bit about Marcus Peters and said that he's had a couple of conversations already with Marcus Peters and his agent and the discussions remain ongoing there and had a lot of praise. It, it felt like Marcus Peters really could be, be a part of this team moving forward, at least in 2023. Now, obviously for me, I, I would hope that that would be on a more of a team friendly deal. That side of things. I don't think paying Marcus Peters 10 million plus a year is within the Ravens best interest anymore, but on a, on a team-friendly deal to be a borderline number two, like low-end number two, high-end number three, depending on how you look at him, even a mid-end, mid-tier corner two, I think that's a very good place to be if you're the Ravens. Then you can continue to invest, and if you can get Peters and add another one of those guys, whether it's through free agency or through the draft, I, I think that's really, really important. Also, I had a lot of good things to say about J.K. Dobbins and Rashad Bateman. And also addressed a bit about Lamar not traveling to Cincinnati, said that obviously that was an injury thing. That's what he said. Talked about Justin Houston a little bit and how if that were to happen, if they were to re-sign him, which I am team Justin Houston all the way, that's been my thing, it would probably happen later in the offseason and talked about how the last two times that Justin Houston signed with the Ravens, it was later in the process. And also talked about the cornerback class a lot and is really excited about that and that Todd Munkin would have a voice in the draft process so it was a very insightful lot of obviously based around Lamar Jackson but a lot of different topics talked about but I think it did give us some insight into look the Ravens no doubtedly want Lamar Jackson in Baltimore but obviously there's still a lot to dive into in the situation franchise tag what happens with the extension and whatnot so very insightful stuff from DeCosta during his press conference we're not done talking press conferences we'll talk more this time about what John Harbaugh had to say coming up next here on Lockdown Ravens but first this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just dial on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes, drain, and the nuggets. I'm a Denver Nuggets guy. Those who listen might have an idea about that. They host the Grizzlies on Friday, tomorrow. 
it's a big game. It's a big game. Number one seed versus number two seed. I'll be, I'll be looking at that money line, point spreads, and whatnot. They also have so many more exclusive bets over at FanDuel, like the two by three, which is two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So, don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, this FanDuel.com slash lockdown to learn more, make everyone more FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on this Thursday following the press conferences of Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh. And we talked about DaCosta in the first segment. We'll move now into John Harbaugh. And again, very insightful things said by John Harbaugh here. And again, we, we can always get into how much of this is coach speak, how much of this is GM speak. But I do think that while, you know, they're not going to give away their whole their whole stash of secrets, they, they are talking from a place of, hey, you know, we can get stuff out there. The, the just just right amount of stuff out there if they want to. So for Harbaugh, started off, obviously, the question about Lamar Jackson. And he actually said that he's been texting back and forth with Lamar here and there ever since the season is over. You know, said Lamar's done a great job in terms of developing as a quarterback and, and winning games. And it was actually asked about his thoughts about life without quarterback Lamar Jackson and said, you know, hasn't thought about it very much, as little as possible, and that his plans are for Lamar to be there. And one of the things that the Ravens did, he said, is that we went through the process of offensive coordinators, you know, the 14 candidates, 21 different interviews instead that, that this, you know, talked about the process, said they were extensive interviews, zoom in person. And it comes up and said that, you know, part of that is if Lamar's the quarterback, how are we going to build the offense? That's the direction they're planning for. Also said that he is very hopeful and excited and he cannot wait for it to get done. So that was like, a mm, can't wait for it to get done. That's really cool. Like love that. And there were reports about Lamar not having his input taken into consideration when selecting the offensive coordinator and, you know, said that it wasn't black, was very noncommittal on this one, said that it wasn't black and white. You know, what does it mean? He's heard different words about it, different iterations. And he said Lamar and Harbaugh himself had a very good conversation after the season about every aspect of the offense and and that it matters to Lamar and said that Lamar has to be involved in the wide receivers and the offensive line, the scheme, you know, he wants to be a part of that best offense in football. And but so what I think this whole and I've said this, I'm, I'm going to stand firm in the fact that I think that the Ravens gave him input in terms of asking, hey, what do you want here? What do you want there? But they didn't sit him down in these interviews and have him lead the interviews. So in terms of input, I mean, I actually agree with him in the fact that it is a very like it, it's what does it actually mean? What does input what's the definition of input? But at the end of the day, I think that the Ravens, you know, they had a conversation with Lamar. I'm sure they asked him about, hey, what do you see here? What do you see there? And they took that input into consideration. And I think obviously it goes vice versa, where you obviously have to take into account if you're an offensive coordinator candidate, whether the offense is going to be with or without Lamar. And Todd Munkin was obviously the guy there and also called Lamar Jackson his quarterback. You know, he said, he's my quarterback. He's my guy. And Harbaugh also talked about, you know, said because Lamar was hurt, he didn't go to the playoff game and also talked a bit about the coaching situation, said that, you know, they're still looking for a receivers coach, a safeties coach, and obviously did not dismiss the internal possibilities of those as well. But also talked about another coaching change during the press conference, said that outside linebackers coach Rob Leonard is actually leaving to become the Raiders defensive line coach. So that is another opening also confirmed. Kyle Hamilton had wrist surgery, doesn't expect that to impact any availability, though. So that is very good. And also talked about how Keith Williams is going to return, but the roles are still kind of, you know, they're flowing right now is is what the situation is. And then for for Harbaugh also talked about, you know, 
how he spoke with Lamar about every aspect of that offense, but again, was very noncommittal about the whole offensive coordinator situation and talked a bit about the cornerback class as well. Harbaugh said that he's already seen about 10 guys who could be a first or a second round pick, but then an interesting comment did come out from John Harbaugh about the Todd Munkin situation and kind of how that whole thing got going and you know, the situation was unique, I would say, because, you know, that's what Harbaugh called it. He said that for Munkin, it was unique for us. You know, it's unique for Lamar, unique for the offense. And, you know, it wasn't locked into a system quite as much. And also said that he wasn't, he didn't really look at the the Georgia offense, didn't have time to break down the Georgia offense on film before the Munkin interview process, which I thought was very interesting. I... I don't think it's a best practice. Like I wouldn't recommend every team to say, Hey, you know, we're just going to go into this without breaking down the film before interviewing a guy. I don't really, and it's honestly funny because there was a lot of talk Harbaugh when he introduced Munkin, he talked about the actual, this is how it happened where he got a call from his sister and and Tom Crean and, and this, that, and the other, where a lot of people didn't, I think it actually got, a, nobody really talked about it. I was very surprised because the whole thing with the Ravens is they hire from within. It's a family organization. You only get in if you're part of the, the Harbaugh system, the Harbaugh family, have a connection to Harbaugh, but no one really talked about it that way. And then this is actually, I think this got that point going more, which I was actually very surprised by that. It, one, it didn't even get a lot of blowback when Harbaugh said it, which again, I don't think it's a good or a bad thing, but it, it just was an interesting part. But two, that this quote was the thing that I think got a lot more people talking about it with Harbaugh and what ended up happening there. So it, it's a it's a process for the Ravens to obviously get Munkin involved here for the Ravens and getting Munkin, you know, up to speed. But, you know, Jonah Schaefer put out some more from Harbaugh and, you know, some quotes, you know, I believe that 200 percent Lamar wants to be a Raven and talked about how. You know, Keith Williams is going to return. Also said he loves Craig Versteeg and James Urban, but no word on the roles yet. But still also sees Kyle Hamilton as a safety with some nickelback flexibility in there. So I think it's interesting. You know, there, there are a lot of conversation points, but the, the stuff that I took away is that, look, the Ravens really want Lamar to be there. Like they, they can say this, but a lot of people can talk about, yeah, well, they're just saying it to say it like they're in front of, you know, microphones in the media. They have to say it. They don't really have to say it like they've been adamant throughout this entire process. They want Lamar in Baltimore. But again, the sticking point has been the whole guaranteed versus non-guaranteed money and what that whole situation is. So I don't know what the deal is going to be moving forward. Obviously, as I talked about, I think some form of a franchise tag is going to be applied here, whether it's whether it's exclusive versus non-exclusive. I know there's been. There have been, I think Tim Hasselback said, you know, what team's going to, you know, pay Lamar a fully guaranteed deal and give up two first rounders. I think a lot of teams would do that just based off the player Lamar is. I think a team, at least one would do it. So I think exclusive, if they trade them, they could get more there. But again, the Ravens haven't decided on that, as Eric DaCosta said. But, you know, John Harbaugh calling Lamar his guy, saying they've been texting back and forth. Eric DaCosta speaking with Lamar. But again, we haven't heard a lot about it. And I go back to the point DaCosta said about how there was an agreement between Lamar and the Ravens about how there wouldn't be anything put out there. So I think that's why we haven't heard a lot about it. I think it's smart. I, I think it is smart to have that situation just be one that's done internally, but there is a point about, you know, what's the agent situation. And obviously we know what it is, but what is the negotiating process like without an agent 
it, it's different as Eric DaCosta said, but I think Harbaugh and DaCosta both reaffirm their commitment to Jackson and being able to say that, yeah, they want him as their quarterback there in Baltimore. And I think, again, we've heard what Mark Andrews has had to say. We've heard what Lamar has to say. I think it's the same way, but we heard the reports come out about the NFLPA trying to tell Lamar to stick his ground on the fully guaranteed deal front. So we'll see because it seems like the Ravens aren't willing to go that far and Lamar wants them to go that far. But again, insightful stuff all around the board, both about Lamar and about the direction of the team. I came away feeling a, you know better about the whole process and the whole situation. But again, there's so much that can change. Literally drop of a pin, something can change. So We'll see. But coming up, we will talk about a bit about the NFL PA survey, the report cards from the players about what they had to say about the Ravens organization. Some good and some bad in there for sure. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on the show. We've returned here. It's our final segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allshaker is still here with you on Thursday. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen each and every day here. Again, free and available anywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. So be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow along in audio form as well and we will now be moving outside of the DaCosta and Harbaugh press conferences talking a bit about the NFLPA who released the first ever report card survey which is actually a survey done from players so they got the players to put together a survey here of what they thought about their organization so this is a survey done about what each player what a contingent of players from each team thinks about how the Ravens operate and the Ravens, there were some very interesting things for a lot of franchises here. The, the Commanders did not have a good survey. The, the Cardinals did not. The Ravens were, they, they were in the middle. They ranked 17th out of 32 teams in terms of total score, total grades. And I'll kind of just read through everything. It was, they were based off of categories and those categories were given grades by the players. And then those grades were then put together and ranked out of each and every team. So. 17th out of 32 for the Ravens. The overview here, I'll read it out. The Baltimore Ravens come in ranked 17th overall in our team guide. The main areas of concern stemming from player respondents' opinions are a desire to improve the quality of food, weight room equipment, recovery resources, and training staff. At the core of these issues is the team's former head strength coach, Steve Saunders, who should be parted ways with. Assessment of him by player respondents was marked negative. Only 38% of player respondents felt that they received an individualized plan for their strength training. And many complained that the training room is understaffed. The players do believe that they do believe in Ravens owner, Steve Bishotti's commitment to high quality as 100% of them believe he is willing to invest in upgrades to the facility. So Steve Saunders was the, was the point here. And we'll get into it as, as we kind of break down the categories, but that seemed to be the most interesting thing. And, and one that I think a lot of people kind of knew and weren't surprised by, but I think people were surprised treatment of families was C plus, which was tied for 18th supported players, families ranked 17th. They offer a family room. Daycare is provided the post game gathering areas ranked 26. I think a lot more expected this to be higher myself included now, you know, being tied for 18th isn't like you're last in the league, but I think that for the reputation of the team, I think that a lot of people were shocked that it was only tied for 18th and only a C plus there for food service and nutrition. The Ravens got a B minus tied for 13th and the quality of food ranked 17th, all three meals provided And 98% of players say that there is enough room in the cafeteria. So B minus solid, you know, tied for 13th, top half of the league, you know, quality of food is 
more so right in the middle, bottom-ish half, but literally like right in the middle. So n- nothing too crazy here. Like I think this is fine. Obviously, you'd, you'd like it to be higher. Like don't get me wrong, but you know, hopefully they can improve on that a little bit. Weight room C plus tied for 22nd. Players mentioned a lack of space and lack of quality equipment. 90% feel they have enough strength coaches. So this one's interesting. The weight room, lack of space, you know, everything could be just put together a little bit. The equipment, maybe there'll be upgrades there. So you don't want to see tied for 22nd in the weight room, but you know, it's something that maybe again Steve Bashadi can improve upon there. Strength coaches, F minus, and there is a lengthy description for this one. 32nd, last in the league. 30 of the 32 teams in the NFL gave their strength coaches fairly positive reviews. Baltimore is one of the two teams that fell well below the rest, and they were even significantly below the second worst team. Players do not feel like the strength staff helps them be more successful. The team recently parted ways with head strength coach Steve Saunders, so we will be interested to see if this area improves in his absence. 36% of players believe that they receive an individual plan, ranked 32nd. The Steve Saunders parting of ways, firing, whatever it is, Should have happened back in 2020 when the whole COVID situation came out, the alleged COVID situation came out with him where he had symptoms and came in anyway, and that's the start of the outbreak for the Ravens that cost a lot of players a lot of games and was a very serious thing. That is when the Ravens probably should have parted ways with him. It was too long, and obviously the injury situation in 2021 did not help things, and based off of this, he was not very well-liked within the Ravens organization based off of players so hopefully this is improved obviously they, they went in a new direction still internal so that's that's the interesting part to me is is the internal hire gonna be is it gonna be same philosophies is that gonna stay the same obviously i think moving on from saunders is a positive but we'll, we'll see what the rest of of the situation unfolds and, and how it ends up going training room was c ranked 21st players feel there could be more equipment and resources to help them get healthier quicker Staffing, 84% feel they have enough ATC, 67% feel they have enough PTs, seventh worst in the league, steam room and sauna. There's a steam room, 90% feels big enough. There is a sauna, 89% feels big enough. Tubs, 71% of players feel like they have enough hot tub space. 67% of players feel like they have enough cold tub space. So 21st in the league, again, kind of bottom-ish half, kind of trending in the middle of the pack there. You know, maybe they can get more equipment again. Maybe Steve Bajadi can invest in that. It seems like equipment is a very big point for this team. So maybe there'll be more of that moving forward. Training staff overall was a B plus type for 22nd. The players feel that the training staff moderately adds to their success. Most teams rated their training staffs positively, which is why they come in and rank tie for 22nd. But the Ravens players gave their staff relatively positive marks overall, which is why the overall grade is still high. So, okay. Yeah. B plus is a, is a good grade tie for 22nd, you know, doesn't look good on paper, but as, as they explain here in, in the handbook for the report card for the NFLPA, just because it's tie for 22nd doesn't mean it's a bad thing because a lot of teams rank their training staffs positively. Locker room was an A tied for fifth. The players feel like they have one of the best locker rooms in the league. 94% of players feel like they have enough space ranked 12th. The Ravens locker room is great. You know, it's, it's, I think very modern. A lot of players have their space. You know, it's kind of lit up purple. They have areas in it. So I, I do think that the locker room, I agree with this, is one of the best. Team travel was A, tied for fourth. 93% of players feel like they have enough room to spread out. No roommates. A lot of first-class seats offered to players. So some good and some bad here. The locker room and, and obviously the travel was, I think, the two big key pieces in this, like the very good and, and training staff as well, just in terms of overall the B+. plus, but Obviously, you got the strength coaches, which is a very big negative, training rooms, 
weight rooms, treatment of families. So overall, again, we'll run through one more time. Treatment of families, C plus, tied for 18th. Food service and nutrition, B minus, tied for 13th. Weight room, C plus, tied for 22nd. Strength coaches, F minus, 32nd. I've never seen an F minus grade before, by the way. That is just crazy. Training room, C, which is 21st. Training staff, B plus, tied 22nd. Locker room, A, tied 5th. Team travel, A, tied 4th. So this is actually, this is very insightful. You know, I think, again, it gives the players a voice here. There's no like, well, Lamar Jackson gave these grades and J.K. Dobbins gave these. It's none of that. Obviously, it's a full approach to being able to get multiple players' voices for multiple for all the teams about what is going on from a player perspective. So if you're saying, well, the players, you know, if you're talking about, well, yeah, I know the players like this, or I know the players like that, or they don't, you don't have a clear and concrete. This is what they said in the NFLPA survey. So I hope, I hope they do this moving forward. I think it was a very good thing for them to do. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let me get back here tomorrow. I'll be rounding out the week. More Ravens talk. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.